0: The definition of a pilgrim, an alien alongside, a resident foreigner, one who journeys in foreign lands. Now, the Bible suggests that in this world, we are pilgrims, strangers, even aliens. What does this thought process suggest and what does it mean for our lives in this world? That's our using for today. Firstly, I feel we need to look at the scriptures that suggest we're pilgrims in the world. Uh, So we have a foundation before musing about what it actually means. So the first one I want to read is in Hebrews chapter 11. So when you get to Hebrews 11, if you go down to verse 13, um, this is what we see. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, uh, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Uh, For those who say such things, declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return which makes sense, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Now, I think it's interesting because obviously uh, the ones it's speaking of who died in faith speaks of those saints um, or those faithful ones, because it's not just speaking of the church. So those faithful ones who were given promises by God and had faith in those promises in spite of what they went through. So it speaks of their attitude. They died in faith, though they never saw the promises, um, but having seen them afar off through faith, were assured of them, and being so, embraced um, these promises and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So I do think it's interesting how this chapter um, is considered to be about the faithful ones, the hall of faith, whatever people want to call it. Um, But these verses that I just read explain the mentality behind these faithful ones. In other words, what thoughts that they had in their mind allowed them to be so faithful when they couldn't see what they believed in. Um, The only evidence they had, which God desires, was that he said it. That was their evidence, and it was only strengthened by their faith. So it's almost like the thoughts go hand in hand, being faithful and recognizing that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth um in order to hold on to their faithfulness through all the things they went through they held on to the understanding that they didn't belong in this place okay so to keep the thought processes to keep their eyes focused on that country that it speaks of that homeland they reminded themselves in this world I'm just a stranger. I'm just a pilgrim. Um. So it shows, I mean, just looking at it honestly, that they were seeking a homeland that made all of this stuff worthwhile. And such individuals, and that's just the beautiful thing about verse 16, it says God is not ashamed to claim them. I love that. Those ones who held their faithfulness saying, I'm looking for something better. It says God is not ashamed to be called their God. Uh, So before continuing, I want to look at another scripture, Um, this one in first Peter and the second chapter of first Peter and going down to the 11th verse, because we'll see again um, this this thought process. So it says first Peter in chapter two, beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe glorify God in the day of, a visitation. So look at how he begs them as sojourners and pilgrims. So abstaining against fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, is what he's asking of them. But he does this with a specific thought process as pilgrims and strangers abstain from fleshly lusts. So this is kind of going to take us to our musing what does it mean to have the mentality of a pilgrim? Because again, to say something like that from Peter, as sojourners and pilgrims do this, he's saying that you can better do this if you understand that you're a pilgrim, that you are a sojourner in this world. So what does it look like to live as a pilgrim in this world and now I'm not primarily going to talk physical. I'm going to talk spiritual. I'm going to talk the mentality, not necessarily what your house looks like or your clothes or something like that. Because I mean, before you even make decisions like that, the question is, do you have the right mind of a pilgrim? Just look at it like this. If somebody convinced you that pilgrims should be poor, So, and they convince you, so you go about trying to become poor, but you never have the proper mentality, what have you accomplished? What have you accomplished? Because without the right mentality, now you're just a discontent, unhappy, poor person who still doesn't know what it means to be a pilgrim in the world. So, I'm looking at this primarily spiritually, mentally, what is the thought process. So firstly, and and maybe most importantly, by realizing that as a saint in the world, I'm a pilgrim. What I'm saying is that I don't belong in this place. That's the first thought. That's the, the first thing I'm saying when I confess myself to be a pilgrim. Like we see those mentioned when it speaks of faithfulness, the first thing I'm admitting is, I do not belong here. Now, generally speaking, already, that's going to affect or mess with some people's mentality because some people just have a war with that thought process that I'm not here to be here. But we'll look at it more but some people definitely wrestle with that thought process but that's the first thing it means when i say i'm a pilgrim i'm saying this place is not my home simple but what does it mean because i'm here physically so how can i not belong here i'm made up of the same stuff as all other humans physically i can see things physically i can feel things my senses are alive physically i'm here i fit in just as a human i look like all the other humans physically so it's a simple thing to say but we want to muse we want to go a little deeper um when we say i don't belong here so to look at this one a little more and to put it simply you know how i cannot belong i don't move as the people of this world move okay i don't live for the reason they live i don't fit in with their idea or understanding of life. A good scripture, actually let's look at 1 Peter in chapter 4 because we get a, a good scripture that says this, I don't look like them, I'm not alive for the reasons they're alive. So I love these few verses because they really hit that point home. 1 Peter in chapter 4, starting at the third verse says this, For we have spent enough Of our past lifetime, before I was a pilgrim, in doing the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, abominable idolatries, in regard to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them into the same flood of dissipation speaking evil of you. So the King James Version calls it an excess of riot. I mean, I like that term just as well as flood of dissipation, maybe better, because what is this excess he's talking about? Now, look at the thought process. He says, we don't do these things any longer. He said, in our past life, before Christ, we did this stuff. We walked in lewdness and lust and drunkenness, and all these abominable idolatries. We did it. So now, as a pilgrim, they should consider me strange because I don't run to these same excesses as they do. So what is this excess? So this is the infatuation with what the citizens of this world consider to be life. That's what this is what they call life, as a pilgrim, I don't see the same way. I don't call it life. Now, so much can go into this category. All of the things that keep the citizens of this world occupied and deluded to the spiritual realities, what really matters, what life actually is in God's eyes so as a pilgrim I shouldn't run with them to this riot this calamity this dissipation I shouldn't run with them to this stuff and they'll think it's strange but as an alien it is strange I am strange what I do what I think why I'm not obsessed with what they simply call life Well, I don't feel I'm missing out on things they believe consists of life or life consists of. So as a pilgrim, I shouldn't be driven as they are or led as they are. I move to a different rhythm, knowing that I'm here for a different purpose. I have a different purpose for being here and not only, um, do they find me odd for it as a pilgrim, but I may indeed be hated for it. Um, even looking at like I know it says it in John uh 15, I would think the try, but about being hated for it even as Christ was hated for it. But there's more to that mentality as well of um of not belonging. So let's go to Philippians chapter three and Uh, The 20th verse So Philippians chapter 3 and Verse 20 For our citizenship is in heaven From which we also Eagerly wait for the Savior The Lord Jesus Christ Who will transform our lowly Body that it may be conformed To his glorious body According to the working By which he is able even to Subdue all things To himself Now this one I find to be huge especially when politics is the prominent things people are talking about um our citizenship if we are a part of god's kingdom is not of this world that's so i mean look at verse 20 for our citizenship is in heaven and i'm eagerly awaiting for that to be completed to come to complete fruition where even my body will be transformed to match his. That should be the most important political push in my life. Above anything else I think is important in this alien world, if I have a pilgrim mentality, the first thing I'm standing up for is the kingdom of God, my heavenly citizenship. My citizenship is is god's kingdom my true citizenship is not of this world if i believe this a mentality should follow now muse on that for a second if i really believe that what this scripture says my citizenship is in heaven how can my thought process not follow along those lines even as people fight political battles that's just something to consider in yourself I mean, as a pilgrim, I travel through this world understanding it's not my home and therefore knowing that there is no place here that I can find where I fully belong. No place here. Now, how far somebody goes with this thought process to a degree is up to them. But the reality is this ought to be a part of the pilgrim mind this is not my home my citizenship is in heaven so my battles are largely fought concerning the kingdom of my god i mean it's i think it's so crazy when christians question god now i get these questions all the time during political season but i think it's so crusty when crazy when christians question god because of some political happening how could god let this person get elected knowing blah 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 saint this isn't your home i mean that's the that's the truth of it why how does this happen because the citizens of this world want it that way that's how that's why they want it this way you are traveling through you should be the light you should show how there's a different mentality there's something more important we should be focused on i mean are you a pilgrim or not or this is one thing we don't want is to see verses in scripture and say them but don't mean them then you just look foolish you look hypocritical you know when you go around quoting these scriptures i'm a pilgrim but you don't live like it so what's the point of quoting the scripture if it's not real to you I mean, being a light means I'm showing you something. So just to be able to say this scripture, but during a certain time, I'm completely opposite. You're not being a light at all. You might as well stop telling me this scripture if you're not being an example of it. Are you a pilgrim or not? Are you a citizen of God's kingdom or not? If so, why is your hope in this stuff when we have a heavenly home awaiting why is your hope in this stuff if you know it's not your permanent home if you know certain things are going to come to pass i mean that's the thought process that's the thing we have to consider i mean there's another scripture i even look at it's in hebrews chapter 13 and it goes more with this thought process. The 14th verse says, For here, that's on earth, we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Now again, it should never get to the point where reading the Bible, and we talked about this, truth and life, it should never get to the point where reading the Bible is just something we do and has no impact on us when it says a certain thing. For we have here, No continuing city, but we look for one to come. What does that mean to you? You know, now take a minute again and think about that. What does that mean to you? Scripture right there is saying we don't have a city here that fits us as these new creatures. So we're looking for the one to come because that will fit us. It's an eternal kingdom full of righteousness and God. Now, there's more to say on on this subject, and for this, go to Second Corinthians in chapter five, because this really speaks of the reality, I think, of not belonging here. Uh, and to me, I love this verse uh, in second Corinthians five 20, because it really speaks of the reality of me not belonging here. When it says now, then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We plead with you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So I am, once I'm saved, I become a part of God's kingdom and my purpose in this life is completely altered now this is another one of those uh, say loud moments another one of those moments where you need to pause and think about this once i'm saved and become a part of god's kingdom made a new creature my entire purpose in this life is changed just think about that when you were saved is that something you were told I know it's a crazy thought process because the answer is usually no, but whatever you were striving for should have been altered. Not even to say your job desire or whatever changed, not necessarily, but the mentality behind it should have been altered. What am I doing it for? I'm I'm receiving a new mind from the spirit of God. Are my thoughts exactly the same? So, as an ambassador My purpose is no longer whatever it was. I'm now here as a representative of a greater kingdom, which I claim to be my home. Now, you got to ask yourself this question. Why is this something that so many of the saints struggle with this mentality? Why is it such a struggle? Um, Because to embrace this understanding, I have to first Hold to this truth that I am no longer of this world. If I'm going to be an ambassador, a representative of a different kingdom, I have to first understand this is not my home. This is not my world. Because if I don't, I'm going to have trouble representing what I'm claiming to be my true home. I'm going to have problems trying to convince you That it's worthwhile to focus on the kingdom of God and only that and primarily that. I'm going to have some issues with that because perhaps I don't actually believe it myself. Crush the mark. Because that's part of the new um, mentality that I have when I accept the gift of God through Christ and am made a part of that kingdom. Things change, and it's not this physical, emotional thing that people like to make it. I'm saved, so now I cry more. It's not about that. It's about life. It's about my mind. It's about who I am now compared to who I was. So there's more to the mentality um, just looking at not being consumed by the cares of this life. Um, There's a scripture in Philippians. um, I'm thinking it's around the fourth chapter, but it tells us to be anxious for nothing or to be careful for nothing, full of care. So how is that even possible? Okay, now, if you all would be honest with yourselves, many know you do experience anxiety, but why? If the scripture says, don't let anything cause anxiety through being filled with concern about it it means it's possible we should feel that way if we're told to do something then we should believe that it's possible to be done so the scripture says don't be overly concerned about anything of this life but how is that even possible if you don't have a pilgrim mentality Because it takes the right mind not to be anxious. It takes a mind that understands this stuff is temporary. This stuff um, is going to go away. It's going to dissolve. And my reality is now tied to God, to the reality of the sacrifice of Christ. That's my new reality. But in order to understand that, I have to first embrace that mindset that's why it takes a pilgrim to be able to say i'm not overly concerned about this stuff i know these things to be to be temporary in nature and therefore i don't have to be anxious about it if you consider your life almost all if not all anxiety comes from one who has not released their citizenship in this world most anxiety comes from that when we haven't released our citizenship in this world anxiety i mean money uh people sickness disease status uh what they'll think of you all these things are allowed to take root when or for those who have planted their flag in this place See, I can say don't be anxious all I want until I realize that this world is not mine, I can't truly embrace that reality. I can't do it. Till I realize I'm not here for this world, I cannot honestly embrace that mentality of not experiencing anxiety, um being overfull of care about these things. I have to first embrace as they did, we saw in Hebrews 11, I have to first embrace that this is not my home. Now, I'm not anxious about whatever is going on in this place. I'm not, oh God, where are you? Because things are getting crazier or whatever. I don't have to be anxious because um, I know that this place is temporary and I have a job and As I'm moving through, I think there's a a scripture that speaks of that better than I can in 2 Timothy and the second chapter. And around the third verse, you see, it says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one, verse four, engaged in warfare, entangles himself with the affairs of this life so that he can please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, to me, this scripture is the epitome of a pilgrim's mind. Since I am battling for a heavenly kingdom, I cannot allow myself to become entangled in the trivialities of this life. I mean, that's just the the truth of it. This scripture right here explains so much As far as the attitude of a pilgrim is concerned, no one who's engaged in warfare. Now, we love talking about spiritual warfare. No one who's actually engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life so that he can be a good soldier, so that he can please him who enlisted him as a soldier, which is Christ. That's what verse three says. Christ enlisted us. As soldiers so therefore to please him and be a good soldier we don't entangle ourselves in the trivialities of this temporary world because that's what it is saying is how this world is temporary I can look at almost everything in it I should be able to and say this is trivial because it doesn't extend into eternity it has nothing to do with with my soul, or who I am in Christ, one who is a part of the kingdom of God. If I am going to be a good soldier, I have to realize this. If I don't, there are going to be problems. If I don't recognize this, I'm going to have a problem with this warfare because I may just become enraptured or fall in love With the things I'm supposed to be fighting against just think about this for a minute most problems the Saints have with God if they're serious with what God teaches is God I have a problem with this because I've become infatuated with it look at the things Christians argue about as far as life goes and defending certain things that the Bible says they shouldn't do well what's the problem They're entangled with the affairs of the flesh. It's obvious, it's evident, it's so clear to see. So often when Christians argue against God's word, whatever it may be, it's because they've fallen in love with this temporary life, this temporary world. And like that, you can't be a good soldier because you no longer accept the mission, or the purpose behind the mission. No one engaged in warfare, if he's going to be a good soldier, gets entangled with the affairs of this life. A pilgrim is focused on the kingdom of God, as Christ tells us to be. Um, And that's Matthew chapter 6, another uh, famous scripture, uh, very well known, Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. I mean, there are songs about it, but is it true? Is it is it a part of my reality? Because as a pilgrim, I should be focused on God's kingdom. I should be. I should be focused on God's kingdom, uh, God's kingdom if I am living as a pilgrim. The things I do, the things that... Uh, are important to me that I'm zealous about should all be tied to the kingdom of God. See, this is how a pilgrim looks at it. I'm here for a specific purpose. That's what I'm here for. I'm not trying to become a part of you and because I have a home. And so what I should be trying to do as a Christian is convince you that my home is better, not falling For your temporary wicked kingdom. That's the reality of it. So my mind is being transformed. So that I can focus on the things that are spiritual. Looking beyond what I see in the physical. As I mean. That's what the beginning of Romans 12 talks about. My transformed mind. So that I can live this way. If my mind is not transformed. I can never accept the reality. That your world. Is a better world or the world I should be, um, you know, or the world I should be staying away from. If my mind is being transformed, I should be able to clearly see that the kingdom of God is preferable and I should be able to give that to you without, um, contradiction without feeling as though, do I really feel this way? Can I really tell you this? Well, if my mind is being transformed, I see this truth. And yes, I can say this to you. And that's the thing. This is one of the works of the spirit in us. It's not something I have to fight to feel like. Okay, It's not about emotion anyway. Um, and really, the spirit is the only thing that makes this mentality possible. Got to say that because it's nothing that I can conjure up in my own mind. I can't make myself feel this way. It's the spirit in me who can convince me that I should feel this way, have to say that, because as hard as this may seem to be a pilgrim, when my flesh is yearning for the world, it's possible through the spirit of God who's living in me, the spirit of God living in me. And that's why you either resist him, if he's in you, or you allow him to guide. Now, once again, you got to look in yourself for that and see which is true. You either resist him or you're allowing him to guide you as he's given to do to guide you into things concerning God. Now, there is another mentality as well of this pilgrim mind, and it's that now I have to be careful of this. I'm not building a kingdom in this world. Now, this is a fight because the god of this world constantly invites us to build our own kingdoms i mean it's just true he constantly invites us to build our own kingdom as tall and high as we want it to be now many people believe this is not um a problem simply because the kingdom that they're building is so small so they think that i'm not really building my own kingdom because It's not like I'm rich or well-known, but a kingdom doesn't have to consist of castles and whatever else. It can be as simple as that one house and that one car that you're living for or that one dream you're living for. It could be that small. A kingdom doesn't have to be huge for it to be a kingdom. And that's why a lot of people think, oh, well, that's not an issue I have. I'm not building a kingdom in this world. Are you? Now, this is one to to really think about. If you're going to seek to have a pilgrim's mind as you go through this life, you got to ask yourself that. Are you seeking to build a kingdom in this world? It could be a kingdom of people. Like said, it doesn't have to be big. It just has to be not God's kingdom. I mean, when you look at Matthew chapter six and you look at these couple verses and the thing is, again, I, I hate when people read scripture and it just doesn't mean anything. You know, that's a, a, a peeve I have of the brethren is that when you read scripture and don't let it teach you, it's just you got to use scripture the right way. Otherwise, it has no effect in your life. Look at these verses. I know you've heard them before. Matthew 6, 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth now i'm going to read the whole thing but just stop and think about that do you do it and the your first inclination is going to be to say no because that's what we're taught to do and i hate to say it it's another musing but we're taught to lie a lot as far as the saints go to pretend we're doing what we know we're not doing It says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Are you really telling me you have no treasures on this earth? These things that your love and your hope is in, um, these things that you value so much so that, you know, um, if anybody hurts this thing, it's going to be a problem. Don't touch this thing. Uh, You smile every time you look at this thing. You know, the accolades, the whatever it is. Can you really say you're not laying up treasures on this earth? To keep going, it says where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and can steal it. But rather, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moth or rust can't corrupt it and where thieves can't break in and steal it. See, whatever I put my time, my love my attention into is part of the kingdom i'm building for myself and building this kingdom is going to make it tough to have a pilgrim's mentality that mentality that says i'm looking for something so much better that mentality says i'm focused on my real home i don't care about this stuff sure you can whatever look at that or i mean whatever it is this is the true pilgrim's mentality so to read Matthew 6, 19 and pretend it's so deep to you when you don't hold yourself to it, what's the point? Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth because you're building up a kingdom and that kingdom is going to be against God. See, A pilgrim does not build a kingdom but because he knows this is not his home. That's the pilgrim mentality. That's a true pilgrim. He does not seek to build a kingdom because he knows that. This is not my place. I'm an alien traveling through. I might have to stay here for a while, but this isn't my place. You build a kingdom when you find a home. Pilgrims set up tents. They don't build castles. That's just the reality of it. Pilgrims are journeying through. Maybe I'll stay for a while, but I'm moving on. So why would I build a castle? Why would I build a keep and a fortress and have You know servants and all this other stuff if i know i'm a pilgrim i have a tent because i'm moving through that's the real kingdom uh pilgrims mind and that's the mind that followed those who were faithful to god and now i think it's sad because you even have um christian leaders who uh, mistakenly encourage people to chase dreams chase goals and all sorts of worldly things like that. And all these, all that does, that thought process, is it creates stones for your stronghold. Or the stronghold that's going to become your worldly kingdom. Pulling you away from the kingdom of God. How do I know your dreams or goals are of God? Just because you have them? That's the wrong thought process. But I hear it all the time. Christian songs and things like that. Just go after it. Um, if you be in Christ, go after it even harder. But what if it's not about God? What if it's about me and my kingdom here on this earth? What a sad thought process that you have so many of these supposed Christian elders who are telling people, yeah, go after that stuff that clearly just comes from the infatuation with this foreign country that I'm supposed to be an ambassador in representing the kingdom of the true god and yet here i am chasing the dreams they gave me just muse on that for us a second here i am chasing the dreams they gave me here i am running after the goals they set because they told me what life is supposed to be like the world they told me what I should care about, what I should focus on, what I should want. They told me this stuff. And here I am saying I'm a pilgrim chasing that stuff. It's just going to become a stronghold and a pretty tough stronghold to break down. Because it's going to uh, pull pull you away from the kingdom of God. And to what end? You will no longer desire to be a part of his kingdom because you love yours too much. So you've chased those dreams and goals and all that, and you caught it. So now in this life, you love it. You absolutely love everything about this life. So when it comes times for you to leave here and become a part of God's kingdom, now you got a problem because you don't want to leave this place. Not for his sake, like Paul said, where he said, I'm torn between these two things. On the one hand, I want to be with Christ. On the other hand, I want to stay here for the ministry's sake. That's what Paul said. That's why he was torn about staying here or being with God he said I want to be with Christ because it's better but I want to stay here to help you all know him better what an attitude that's a pilgrim so when I'm allowing this stronghold to be created by them I'm becoming controlled by their system a pilgrim should never be controlled by their system because the God of this world this present age is the devil and I'll speak more on that another time because I really want to talk about that, but just to see that, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and it talks about that, but the God of this present age, every age until Christ returns, um, is the devil. So the things, the stones that I get from this world to build my kingdom can only be against God. So as a pilgrim, I have to realize that the system that guides society and culture are both against my king, against them. Therefore, if I know this, I can't allow myself to submit to what they suggest life should be. Their ideals should have no impact on me. Their reasons for life should have no effect on me. The reasons why they say we're alive should not affect me their mentality that "well, you only live once should not affect me because i say i believe yeah i have a real life after this one so that thought process that says hey you might as well live it up how should that affect me why should i feel um, embarrassed or left out because how god tells me to live I know that thought process isn't true. I will not only live once because Christ has conquered death. So these thought processes that drive them should not drive me. And in truth, I'm not here to please them anyway. I'm here to please God. But again, it takes a pilgrim mentality to understand and to seek after that reality. But this is the mind of a pilgrim. I mean... It's not easy to live as a pilgrim in this world. Um, this world is so alluring, it's so enticing. Um, and that's why it starts with understanding. It begins with the knowledge that I'm supposed to be a pilgrim. That's the start. Understanding that this place is not mine. I'm not meant to possess it. That's the start. Because if I don't recognize that I'm going To live for this world I'm not going to be a pilgrim and therefore I'm not going to be a good soldier Um, I'm going to fall to the whims of this world. I'm going to want to fit in I mean how many churches are stuck trying to fit in I mean you think about it uh, how many youth pastors and youth groups simply try to counterfeit what the world is doing thinking they're going to win young people's minds over through that battle Knowing that it's a fleshly battle. If you had a pilgrim mentality, I'm not trying to give you what the world is giving you, but smaller doses. I'm trying to tell you this real world offers something so much better. I don't care what that world is telling you. See, because the spirit of God, the strength and the ability to have this mind is already in us. It's in the saints because of the spirit of God. We just need that knowledge, and then the knowledge um, of how to allow him to lead us. And it see, it even goes back to these are the prayers we should be praying. God, give me the grace to live as a pilgrim in this world. Look at so many of our prayers. Prayer is something we'll have to probably do 20 musings on. It's so misunderstood, misused. But These are what our prayers should be like, as opposed to God, give me more of this worldly stuff that's leading me away from you. It should be God, help me to see and live as a pilgrim in this world. God, separate me from this stuff. That's prayer. That's real prayer. Remove this stuff from me and give me the strength to live as an ambassador or representative of your kingdom without feeling like I'm missing something. That's prayer. But that's another thought. But here's the question. Here's the thing you can muse about from this: Have you become a citizen in this strange and ungodly land? And again, the the place itself um, is not the issue, you know. So it's not the country. This whole world to the saints should be strange and ungodly. Okay, this is scripture. It says here we have no continuing city. So. whoever you are wherever you're from don't mistakenly think you live in a godly land there is no land here that represents christ fully there isn't one um and again this isn't a history lesson we're talking about right now there is no place here for the saints it says we're looking for a continuing place a permanent homeland and honestly if you feel you found it here on earth you are deceived And I say that without apology or exception. If you feel here on this earth, you have found that place. You are deceived. So have you become a citizen in this world? Have you renounced or never accepted your heavenly citizenship for a temporary one? Have you um, or do you look forward more to the tomorrow's here? Or are you looking forward for the kingdom of God? To the kingdom of God. See, now's the chance to tell yourself the truth. Well, I mean, I just don't understand what benefit people see in lying to themselves. I know how lying works, and it's that's why the saints shouldn't practice it. But why lie to yourself? Just considering this for yourself, and that we ought to have a pilgrim's mentality. Ask yourself these questions. Are you a pilgrim or Is this your home? Is this your place? See, over time, this truth has not changed. If anything, it's only gotten stronger. We are to live as pilgrims in this world. Like I said, this isn't about physical stuff, uh, being poor and homeless and just trying to find a place where you could live in a tent and only a tent. No, that's not what it's about. It's about not building a kingdom here. And spiritually knowing, uh, mentally knowing that this place is not your home. And we do this so we can please the one who bought us at such a great price, bringing us into his kingdom, not just as citizens, but as heirs to the throne alongside his son. What a thought process along Romans 8. So you can see this thought process. Um, and I guess start at 16 and it says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. What an awesome thought. I sacrifice this temporary stuff to gain an eternal kingdom where I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. What a great thought process for what God has for me. And in return here as a representative of his kingdom, I'm simply saying I don't belong in this. This place is not my home. I'm here only as a representative of a better kingdom. Yes, there are things I have to do while in this world but this world is still not mine. I'm still not here for this stuff. That's the thought process, and that, in truth, is the pilgrim's mentality.